majority of everything that I speak about is either I've experienced it, I've been through it, God has walked me through it, or I am currently experiencing it and God is walking me through it currently. And for this specific topic, vision versus reality, it is something that I'm currently going through and something that God is walking me through, giving me wisdom, insight, knowledge, understanding, and revelation. And basically, I remember him giving me a vision of what he wanted me to do in his kingdom. And this vision took place about 2020 around COVID, when COVID first hit, this vision, this is when God gave me the vision. And now I'm sitting here three years later, 2023. And like the reality is like, you know, what is going on, God, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't the vision that you gave me, like, it's supposed to be happening, it's supposed to be taking place. And God has just been giving me understanding that in the process of getting to the point where the vision is going to come to pass and take place. In the meantime, he is building up my character. He is building integrity. He is building morals and values that I did not have when he first gave me the vision. Um, an example is one of the things that he's been building up in me is my character. When I first got this vision, my character did not match anything at that what of what it means to represent Jesus. And I could just remember vivid points in my life where nothing about me was a represent a accurate representation of who Jesus was. He the name of Jesus was on my lips, but the heart posture and the attitude and the mannerism and the way I spoke and the way I talked and the way I walked, the way I carried myself did not match Jesus. So I realized that throughout the years, God has been developing my character, whether it has been through correction, whether it's been through conviction, whether it's been through giving me revelations about certain things. He has just been working on me with that. And one of the more specific things that I could give you guys, which is a great example of something that changed drastically during this past three years and during this walk has been my dress code. So before I officially, officially, officially denied myself and picked up the cross, because before, yes, I was baptized. Yes, I accepted Jesus as my savior, but I wasn't living in a manner that was pleasing, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. I was still out there sinning, still out there doing what I wanted to do, not listening to the Lord. I didn't even know the voice of the Holy Spirit. I didn't even know the touch or the presence or you know, many various things about the Holy Spirit. Um, so as I've learned um, within the past three years and as I continue to develop on this walk and as I continue to mature in the spirit and so many things, one of the biggest things that God has changed about me is my dress code. I'm not going to lie. I was very promiscuous. I was dressing in a manner that just wasn't holy or righteous or acceptable. It wasn't... Um, you know, it just wasn't up to par. Um, I would be showing a lot of skin, not my butter or anything like that, but like like the chest region, the stomach region, wearing shorts, short shorts and short dresses and things of that nature. Just a mannerism that just wasn't kingdom behavior. Um, 
and it wasn't modesty. It honestly wasn't. It's was very promiscuous. So that was one of the things that God was changing about me over the years, just the way I presented myself. It was more so about like when you see me, you know, making sure that I look presentable, that I look modest, like I wasn't showing. It's not that I got to be covered up to head to toe, top to bottom, everything covered, but just dressing in a manner that is pleasing, holy, righteous, and acceptable to God. Um, another thing that the Lord changed about me over the years was the way I spoke my language. Um, back then, I was cursing so much, like back to back every single sentence <laughs> just really really bad with the cursing and the language I was spoke I was speaking and God has just been changing that about me drastically to a point where I don't even like people cursing around me like that is just how much I've just gotten away from that and I just don't want others around me who are promoting something that God delivered me from I don't want people and it, again this is not me being mean or anything but if God delivered me from something, then that means I have no business being in the region of where I could possibly fall back into something that God had already delivered me from, right? You are the average of the five most people you hang around. So if, three, if four out of the five, right, is dressing promiscuous and dressing in a manner that is not pleasing or holy or righteous or acceptable or modest unto the Lord, but one person in the group is dressing modest and pleasing and presenting himself in a presentable manner, that four still has the power to influence me, right? So it's in my best interest on my walk with Christ that I stay away from things that God has delivered me from. And so dress code has been one of them. Uh, the language I was speaking has been another thing. And another thing that the Lord has been working on me is my mindset. Um, I was in a place where I didn't understand the power of the things that I let roam my mind. Meaning I would let certain things roam my mind and I didn't realize the effect that it was having on me. I had recently listened to a podcast by Emmy Moore called Crucify, the, Crucify Your Fantasies. And she really put into perspective of the fact that we as women really let fantasies sit there and play out in our minds. And I didn't realize the detrimental effect that that was having on me. So I would just let it play out, let it roam, thinking that it's harmless. But in reality, it was doing all the more harm to my mind because what you have in your mind it has the ability to flow down into your heart so that is another thing that the lord was just working on me on and i say all this to say that had god allowed the vision to come at an earlier time at a time where he didn't where i wasn't ready where i wasn't pruned enough then i would have possibly forfeited that entire vision just because I stepped into it prematurely. I stepped into it to a point where I wasn't ready. And if you think about it, like an olive has to go through three stages. It has to go through the beating, the shaking, and the pressing just in order for the oil to flow out of the olive. And I think of this season between vision and the vision 
taking place in reality and that vision coming to pass is going to be that pruning season for me. God is pruning me. God is allowing the shaking, the beating and the pressing to make me into the, into a better woman, to make me into a woman who has the capacity to carry the vision, right? To carry out the vision, right? If he gave it to me, that means that he's going to use me to um, to allow that to allow that vision to come to pass through me, right? So if he has given me this vision, I mean he has trusted me with his word and he is trusting me to be able to handle that word, to handle that vision, right? But in order for me to be able to handle that vision, I have to go through the testing. I have to go through the beating, the shaking, and the pressing in order for me to develop certain characteristics that are going to help me to sustain myself during this during this uh, the, the time that the word does come to pass. And um, so many times I allowed the enemy to play in my mind and make me feel like I wasn't good enough. That's why the vision hasn't come to pass. Or... Um, I wasn't worthy enough. That's why the vision hasn't come to pass. Or God didn't trust me enough. That's why the vision hasn't come to pass. Or I wasn't the person for the job. That's why the vision hasn't come to pass. But a lot of that was honestly just lies from the enemy. It's not that I wasn't ready. It's not that I wasn't worthy. It's not that I wasn't the one for the job. It's that God is building me in this season. God is pruning me. God is making me. He is the potter and I'm the clay. He is shaping me and molding me into the woman who is going to have the capacity so that when this vision does spring into reality, when this vision is passing, that I will be prepared for the vision as it is taking place. Because what good is it? What good does it do me if God gives me this vision? God gives me the promise right now, but I'm not ready for it. What good does it do? do does it do the vision? You know, if the person that God selected isn't ready for the manifestation manifestation of the vision, right? And then, you know, this brought me to the Bible verse, which is my personal favorite. Anytime you ask me what's my favorite Bible verse, I'm always going to put this one out there. And I'm going to explain to you why. So the Bible verse is Jeremiah 29, 11. And Jeremiah 29, 11 declares, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. The reason why I live by this Bible verse is because the Lord declares that he already has plans for you. So why sit there and make plans for yourself when the Lord declares that he already has plans for you? And a part of his plans is the vision he showed you. Right. So if the Lord has plans for you and those plans include prospering you, plans to give you a hope and a future and plans that will not harm you. Right. So if the vision is included in those plans. Right. That means that your vision is your future. He already gave you this plan. He already has this plan for you. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Right. And the reason why this Bible verse stood out to me when speaking on the topic of vision versus reality is because you cannot allow the reality you're sitting in to distort the vision. You cannot allow the reality that you are sitting in to distort the vision. 
The vision is the future. The vision is what God has shown you. The vision is God showing you that this is going to come to pass in your near future. Whatever the near future may be like that he has given you, that's what it's going to be. Right. So if I trust that God has plans for my life, if I trust and I walk in the steps that he has already ordered for me, why would I let the reality of what I'm currently sitting in stop me from believing in the vision that he has shown me? And you have to think about it. If God ordered your steps, right, that means the current step that you're sitting in, the reality of it is that it will soon fade away because you have more steps to take. The current step you're in does not dictate the future of what God has already planned for you. So that means that the the current reality that you're sitting in also cannot dictate the future of what God has said to you. And then you also have to realize that when God gives you this vision, it's not something you would know that is really from God because it will be tested. It is not something that you will be able to do in your own strength. And that's one of the biggest things I had to realize. If it is something that I can do in my own strength, that would mean that I wouldn't need God to get me through it. And that is how I knew that that is not for me. The fact that I felt like I could get through it without God, that tells me that that is not from God and that is not for me to partake in. When God shows you something, it'll be so big. It'll be so magnificent to a point that you understand that it will not come to pass unless God is there with you, walking with you hand in hand, giving you instruction for instruction, step for step on how to complete this vision. If you have the power to do it in your own ability, it is not from God. And a prime example for me is... Um, college, I genuinely did not have the capacity. I did not have the, I did not have the strength. I did not have the endurance. I had nothing in me alone where I felt like I could complete college, undergrad and master's alone. Every step of the way, I was literally on my knees begging and crying to God to just give me grace over this class. Give me grace over this exam. Give me grace over this test. I understood that there was no way, there was no way that I was going to be able to graduate without God. There's no way. And a lot of people don't even know. I ended up having to stay an extra semester just for me to understand that if God was not in it, I would not be able to move on. If God was not in it, I would not have been able to graduate. If God was not in it, I would not be sitting where I am today. And <laughs> me and my friend have this joke where we'd be like, we grad, we didn't graduate summa cum laude, magna cum laude. We graduated, thank you, laude. <laughs> Meaning that we graduated by the grace of God and the grace of God alone. And I know it's such a joke, but it's true. I graduated according to the grace of God. And I know some other people may not understand what I'm talking about because some people 
may have gotten through school effortlessly or flawlessly or you know to the best of their ability and that's great and that's cool for them but what God needed me to understand was that none of my plans will succeed unless it was with him through him by him and for him if I didn't dedicate everything that I was doing to God it would not succeed if I didn't do everything because of God, I wouldn't succeed. If I didn't do everything that I did with the strength of God and with God with me and with God walking next to me and with me living according to the word of God, yes, I fell short, but I understood in the long run that if it wasn't with God, for God, by God, I would not have made it. And that is me being completely open, honest, humble, transparent. If it wasn't for God, I would not have made it. And even now, completing my master's program, I'm on my third semester, my last semester, and everything is wrapping up. And to a point, like, I get overwhelmed. And I, and I always say to God that, God, I can't do this without you. But I also understand that I have a responsibility to meet God halfway. I have a responsibility to uphold my end of the bargain when it comes to school or when it comes to anything else for that, for that fact. I have a responsibility to meet God halfway and he will always be meeting me halfway as long as I'm doing my part, right? So this just brought up the topic again of vision versus reality. My reality is I may be failing a class. My reality may be I failed a test or a quiz or an exam. That's the reality. But the vision that God gave me was that I would be walking across the stage. And if God before me, who can be against me? If God is for me, who can be against me? If God gave me the vision, God gave me the promise that I'm going to be walking across the stage. I can't let what's in front of me stop me from believing that that reality of what God promised me is going to come to pass. So again, we find ourselves asking the same question. What happened when the vision that God gave you doesn't match the reality of your circumstances that's in front of you? See, this is where faith comes in. In Hebrew 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is where your faith comes in, ladies and gentlemen. You have to have faith that God is going to perform his promises to you. If God promised you this vision, if God gave you this vision, this is him promising you the future of what he has for you, right? We have to have faith that God is going to stand on his word. The Bible declares that God honors his word above his own name. So that means he's going to do whatever it takes to make sure that his word comes to pass. We just have to know that whatever word that God speaks out of his mouth, it would not return unto him void. But we also have to understand that there is an amount of faith that God is expecting us to have. Again, faith is confidence in what we hope for. So if we are hoping for God to do this, we have to have confidence that this is what God is going to do. And we cannot let our reality, we cannot let our circumstances, we cannot let life that's happening in front of us dictate our confidence. It cannot dictate our hope, right? We have to stand firm on the fact that this is what God said. And if God said it, then so be it, right? And then assurance about what we do not see. 
see the thing about reality is it'll block the vision block the vision in a sense that we're so fixed and focused on everyday life bills work school daily obligations uh whatever it is hobbies life whatever anything that could possibly be in front of you right um and just things that we have to tend to throughout the day throughout our life things that are happening right in front of us that sometimes can block what we know to be true and that is why again that is why we have to trust god right we have to trust that the reality is not going to block the vision just because we can't see the vision happening right now that doesn't mean that it's never going to happen it just means that we have a few things to get to let life play out a few steps to go on and do before the vision takes place and again this and you know what i love about the fact that we have reality and the fact that god gave us a vision this is this is a, a scenario that I always think about. I heard it. I'm not, I don't remember exactly where I heard it from, but they said it's either God is going to show you the path, but not the final destination, or God will show you the final destination and not the path. In either scenario, we have to learn to trust God. We have to have faith in God. And we have to continuously go back to God for the next set of instructions. And again, this is why I love reality versus the vision. Because reality um, forces us to trust God. And not forces us in a bad way. But reality helps us to depend on God for the future. Because without the reality... We, we see a straight shot to the vision and that doesn't require us to depend on God because we see exactly where the vision is. Right. But when you have reality in front of you, the trials and tribulation, the Bible literally declares that trials and tribulation produces perseverance and endurance. Right. Perseverance, perseverance and endurance to continuously walk on this walk with God until we get to our destination and so on and so forth. And again, I love this because I know that the devil is not going to attack someone who is not on their way somewhere. I know that the devil is not going to attack someone who has no business in the kingdom of God. You feel what I'm saying? That the enemy not going to attack somebody who ain't worried about God. He ain't going to attack nobody who lost and, 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 and not even worried about what God is saying or doesn't care about the kingdom of God or doing things according to the will of God and living righteous and holy and pleasing and acceptable unto God. He don't care. The enemy does not care about the people who are on that wide path towards destruction. He cares about those individuals who are on that narrow pathway towards heaven, right? The Bible says thieves do not break into empty houses. So if you have something on the inside of you and the enemy sees that he's going to continuously attack you. And those attacks present themselves in the forms of trials and tribulations. That is why the Bible declares that we must have a joy in the midst of those trials and tribulations. We are called to be triumphal, joyful in the midst of those trials and tribulations. Because that means that there, something big lies ahead of us. A breakthrough is ahead of us. 
victory is ahead of us. So many things are ahead of us. And the enemy sees and knows that we understand that something lies ahead of us. So he's going to throw every obstacle. He's going to throw everything in front of us to stop us from getting to the vision or to, to stop us from getting to what God has promised us. That is the whole objective of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to do anything he can to stop us from getting to the point of what God has promised us. And listen, God's promises are sure to come to pass. There's not one covenant that God has went back on, right? So if if, if the promise that lies ahead of us is 100% there, the only thing that could stop us from getting to the promise is what the enemy tries to throw in front of us. He tries to make reality seem so horrible, so bad, and try to make us believe that the promise isn't there. But that is the whole point in trusting God and having faith in God. Because as long as these trials and tribulations are in front of us, as long as we have trust and faith and hope in God, that means we're going to be able to overcome those trials, tribulations, and those heartaches, and those hardships, or whatever we may be going through, because the promise is there. Do not let the enemy fool you into thinking that the promise has left just because of what's in front of you. The promise is there. The promise is sure to come to pass. Anything that God has shown you, revealed to you, told you, spoke to you, it's there. And it's 100% yours. But you have to understand that the enemy is going to attack you simply because you understand that it's there. Simply because that you understand that the vision is sure to pass. Simply because you have faith in the promises, faith in the vision, the enemy will attack you. That is why you cannot let your reality distort that the fact that the vision is there. So be mindful of the schemes and the plots and attacks of the enemy and take joy in the fact that he's coming after you. And we have to also understand that the victory is already ours. Because of Jesus Christ, the victory is already ours. Matter of fact, the victory is already here. It is here right now. All you have to do is claim it. All you have to do is a walk in that authority, walk in that anointing, walk in the fact that you know that God never failed you. Look back at all those things that God has promised you. You have to understand you are sitting in at least a few of your answered prayers. You are sitting in a few of the promises that God has given to you and the, that the promises that have already come to pass. Look around you. If you have been faithful to God and God has been faithful to you, look around you. Like literally stop and take a look around you. I'm literally sitting here and I'm looking at at least a handful of my answered prayers. I have my own home. I have a job that I love. I have the ability to pay all my bills. I have a car. I have a, a food in my mouth, clothes on my back. I am sitting in answered prayers, you guys. Take a look around you and stop and soak in God's goodness for your life. Look around you. And if you aren't in some of your answered prayers, believe me when I say that they're, com they're coming. They're on the way. 
God does not lie. God is not a man that he shall lie is what the Bible declares. He will not lie to you. If he promised you, it's on the way. If he promised you, it's coming. If he promised you, matter of fact, he need to send that overnight shipping. I'm decreeing and I'm declaring that he's going to send it. UPS, overnight shipping, baby. Next day shipping. We need it, Lord, because it is something that you promised us. And we are here to proclaim that all of your promises are yes and amen. So again, sit back. Take a look around you. You are sitting in some of your answered prayers. Do not let the reality of things stop you from believing that the vision is coming. And honestly, ask yourself if the look, this is one thing I had to ask myself, and I want you to ask yourself this too. If the vision isn't here right now, that means God is still working on you. That means you're not prepared. Sometimes I know we could get fixated in this mindset. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I'm prepared. I'm prepared. I'm prepared. In reality, we're not ready. We're not prepared for what God is going to bring to us. That is why God is. This is. Oh, glory be to God. God is giving us grace to get ready. So that when that time does come. We are prepared for it. And a prime example for me, a vision that God gave me is that I will be married with a husband. I will see marriage in my lifetime. That is a vision that God gave me and a promise that he has made to me, right? But if I'm not sitting in marriage right now, if I'm not sitting with a spouse right now, if I'm not sitting with a potential mate right now, it's because I'm not prepared. And I always pray to God, do not give me what I'm not prepared for. Yes, it scares me sometimes because it's like, dang, did I really just did I really just pray for that? Don't give me what don't give me something. Right. When in reality, I want all that God has for me. But if I'm not prepared for it, I have to trust that God knows when I'm ready. If I'm not prepared for it, it's because God is still waiting on me to do something. Right. Maybe I maybe I lack discipline. And that's a that's a fact right now for me. I like discipline when it comes to schoolwork. I like discipline when it comes to timing. I'm never on time for a lot of things. Um, I like discipline in certain areas of my life. And that is not something that I want to carry into marriage. Right? I may have worked on a lot of other things. But something big as discipline. Discipline in finances. Discipline in education. Discipline in daily life. That is something huge. You want to have discipline when you go into a marriage, right? So if I don't, if I'm lacking right now, that means I will be lacking in a in a marriage. If I'm lacking in my, oh, glory be to God. If I'm lacking, thank you, Holy Spirit. If I'm lacking right now in my, in my current marriage to Jesus Christ, that means I'm going to lack in my marriage to my spouse here on earth. If I'm not disciplined in my current marriage with Jesus Christ, that means I'm not going to be disciplined in my future marriage with my spouse. Take a look, everyone. Those of you who are waiting for marriage or in preparation for marriage and you know that it's something that God has given you a vision about or God has promised you, take a look because you have, we have to understand because I think sometimes we forget we are currently in a marriage right now with Jesus Christ. So if you're lacking or if you're not doing your part right now in your marriage with Jesus Christ, why would God bless you with a spouse? Because if if you're lacking right now in your marriage with Jesus, you're going to be lacking in your marriage with your spouse. Think about it. You're in a marriage right now. 
<laughs> I think sometimes we, we forget that. We're in a marriage right now with Jesus Christ. And let me give you guys a prime example of how the Lord gave this to me. So I was the kind of person, I'm very confident in myself. Like, I'm very confident in my looks. I'm very confident in the woman that I am. And the woman that God has created me to be, I'm very confident. So sometimes I would leave the house looking like a bum, leave leave the house looking like whatever, like big t-shirt, big sweats, you know, hat. Uh, you know bobo shoes or whatever I've, I just really didn't care because I was confident in the woman that I am I know that I'm beautiful it doesn't take clothes to make me beautiful it doesn't take jewelry it doesn't take makeup hair done nails done it doesn't take all that for me to understand that I am beautifully and wonderfully and fearfully created in the Lord right but God revealed to me he said to me when you walk out the house you need to present yourself in a manner that is pleasing unto me. And I was like, what do you mean, Lord? Like, you know, I, you know, I, I you know, I don't always want to dress up. But the Lord is like, when you go out somewhere, you're representing me. I'm your I'm your bridegroom. You're representing me wherever you go. I was like, wow, I didn't even think of that. He's like, yeah. So when you go out, present yourself in a manner that is pleasing, you know? And this is not saying, oh, get glammed up, face beat bust down 30 inch it's not asking for the, all that but when you walk at the house you ought to present yourself in a presentable manner why because your spouse is right next to you you know because in real and when i do get a real when i do get a worldly spouse not a worldly spouse but when i get a spouse uh, a human spouse you know when i sorry for the wrong words y'all when i do get a spouse right when I walk out the house, oh, I'm going to be stepping, honey. Believe that. I'm not going to be walking out the house looking like a bum and my husband right next to me. No, ma'am. No ham. No turkey. I'm going to be stepping, stepping, stepping. Believe me. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a be looking good. And again, this is not, oh, face be uh, extravagant this, extravagant that. But no, presenting myself in a manner that's presentable. You know, I, w- I want to be a reflection of my husband if my husband said but not looking good i want to step out looking good too you know and some days you know you are going to dress more casual than others understandable but like be presentable regardless of if you're dressing up or being casual be presentable y'all i ain't gonna lie sometimes i'll just go out no bra nothing simple because i was going down the street to the gas station and again open honest humble transparent i am be real with y'all going out big t-shirt big big sweater big sweats no bra no nut you know just going out whatever but the lord is like be presentable present yourself in a manner that is upright you know even if you don't have to dress up all the way be presentable look presentable you know and the lord was just saying like i'm your spouse too i want you to represent me too I want you to have that same mindset with me too. When you're stepping out, when you're stepping out with me, and I want you to have the desire to want to be pleasing unto me as well. And I was like, wow, I didn't even think about that. Thank you for putting that, you know, right in front of me, Lord. Thank you for, you know, addressing that with me. Um, And that was one of the biggest things that I learned that I am in a marriage with Jesus right now. And however I'm acting right now in my relationship with Jesus, that is exactly how I'm going to act in my marriage with my spouse. And again, that is why 
my the the vision that God gave me has not yet come to pass. God is still pruning me. And I've had to understand that. And even just looking back on my past relationships, I seen that that was not of God. Those habits, the things I used to say, the things I used to do, God had to break those off of me. God had to deliver those deliver me from those. God had to reintroduce me to who he was so I could understand what love really was. I had to leave a false identity that I created because I thought I was a quote-unquote city girl and I thought I was a quote-unquote this girl, that girl, Miami girl, this girl, that girl. No, God had to break those off of me and I had to become free in the name of Jesus for me to walk into the woman who I was ordained to be before he even knew me in my mother's womb. That is the woman that God has called me to be. And that is the woman that I have walked into. Right. So I had to go through a pruning process. Right. And even through that process. I had to ask myself. Where did I mess up at Lord? I had to go back to my foundation. I had I had to figure out what was missing. To a point I had to understand it's no longer the men. It was me. I was the one choosing them. I was the one picking them. It was me. I was the problem. And a lot of women, I want us to understand that we have the ability to be the problem too. It may not always be the men. Sometimes you got to sit back with yourself and ask the Lord, what's going on with me? Reveal to me the areas of my life that I have not fully surrendered to you. Reveal to me the areas of my life that need work. The reality is you need to do the work. The reality is you need to allow the Lord to work on you. The reality is you're not ready. The reality is this, that, and the third, whatever that may be, whatever that may look like for you, understand that sometimes your reality is God letting you know that you still have work that needs to be done. Yes, it may be trials and tribulations, but at the end of the day, God is not going to give you something that you're not ready for. So if you have not seen the promise, if you have not seen the vision, if you have not seen what it was that the Lord said to you come to pass it, you may have to understand and come to terms with the fact that you may not be ready. And this is the hard truth. And I'm only saying this out of love because you don't want God to give you something that you're not ready for. And then you ended up self-sabotaging that situation or that relationship or that vision simply because you weren't ready. God loves you enough to understand when he has to hold something back from you simply because you're not ready. And that's okay. That is okay. Because in due time, everything has a time of when it is going to happen, right? So you have to have faith in the fact that if God said it to you, he promised it to you, that it will come to pass. So again, do not let the reality distort the vision that God showed you but also take time to realize that the reality is going to teach you lessons that you need in order to sustain be be sustainable in the vision reality is going to give you lessons reality is going to help develop character reality is going to help show you the things that you need to work on right reality is not always a bad thing reality is there to help you right if you're looking at it while your eyes are fixed and focused on the kingdom, God is still pruning you. God is still making you, shaking you, and allowing you to go through whatever it may be. Because whatever you're going to learn out of that season, 
whatever you're going to learn out of that reality is going to help you in the near future. So be happy with these trials and tribulations. And y'all, don't get me wrong. It's easier said than done. But I think sometimes we focus so much on reality that we forget that our only focus should be the kingdom. Matthew 6.33, again, another Bible verse that I love. Matthew 6.33, seek first, seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added on to you. So even when we are in our reality, even when we're in our current situation, even when we're in our current circumstances, we have to understand that that shouldn't be our focus. Our focus should be seeking first the kingdom of God. And another thing that God revealed to me is that whatever your primary focus is, that's going to be number one, right? So let's say there's five slots of life. And this is just an example, a scenario. There's five different slots of life, right? Of the things that you're focused on in life. If God is on slot number five, that means slot one through four, you have placed above him, right? But if God, if God is at position slot number one, that means position two through five, you have placed below him. That means that God has the power to reign over each area of your life because you place them below him. But whenever you place anything above God, how do you expect that thing to submit to God if you placed it above God? This is why you put God... In the first slot, seek first the kingdom of God. God is number one. Everything else should fall below God so that it could submit to God, right? But if you put anything above God, how do you expect it to, to submit to God, right? That's something you have not surrendered unto the Lord. And again, Matthew 6.33 is so, so important. And I always hear a lot of people talk about it. And I always get different perspectives about it. And I love each perspective, But for me personally, anytime you take your eyes off the kingdom of God, you end up drowning in everything else around you because you've lost focus of what life really means. You start focusing on your situation and you believe that your situation is what life really means when it's not. Whenever you stop seeking the kingdom of God first, you find yourselves in positions where you just you just start drowning. You start drowning in reality. You start drowning in your situation and circumstances. And you start letting them overpower you. But when you seek first the kingdom of God. When you make that your first priority. Nothing else matters. When you're seeking the kingdom of God. Because it has to submit to God. You know it has to submit to Jesus at some point. The trials and tribulation, everything has to submit to to Jesus at some point. It has to come into alignment with the word of God. It has to come to alignment with the will of God. So when you're seeking first the kingdom, you understand that at some point, your situation, circumstances, and reality must come into alignment with with the will of God. Because if God spoke it, that's what's going to happen. So at a point, is going to come into alignment with the will of God. So again, I leave y'all with this. Do not let your reality distort the vision, the vision that God gave you. 
but use reality for you to understand the areas of your life that you may need to work on. Understand that God is still pruning you. Understand that God is still making you. Understand that you may still be going through your phases of the beating, the shaking, and the pressing in order for your oil to run. And that is okay. As long as you keep your eyes fixed and focus on the kingdom, you know that that reality will pass and the vision will take place. The promise will take place. So never lose sight of the fact that you have to keep your faith in God. Never lose sight of the fact that you have to work hand in hand with God in order for the vision to work. In order for the vision to come to pass. The vision does not work without God. The vision does not happen without God. Anytime you try to do it in your own capacity, you will fail because it requires God in order for it to come to pass. So thank y'all for listening. (laughs) And this is episode three. I thank y'all for all just tuning in and listening. Um, And I'm super excited for what God has in stores for this podcast. And I just thank y'all for tuning in for the ride. And I cannot wait to show y'all and tell y'all all that God has been doing to, through, and for this podcast. And I hope y'all have a great one. And again, this is your girl, P, and I'm signing out. Y'all have a blessed day. And God bless all of y'all. Bye-bye.